So, do you even like Christmas anyway? Yeah, no. Are you a fan of it? No, no. Did you like it when you were a kid? Yeah, for all. The only good thing about Christmas is that you can justify drinking, like, alcohol at, like, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um... Without saying that, you can say the same about pretty much any other month of the year for me. Yeah, but that's borderline alcoholism. If you do it on Christmas Day, it's sound. Uh, borderline, I think that's a way that people use to avoid, to avoid reasoning. Yeah! Yeah! That won't be it, is it? Right, that's enough to test. The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. pantomime villain thank you that's not a compliment good afternoon everyone and welcome to sunday afternoon cinema no, it's, it's not sunday not sunday it's friday it's not afternoon it's evening yeah and we haven't watched any of these in the cinema no we haven't in fact but we have watched them and that's all matters and it is oh, you so, so much welcome you sounded so much stone cold steve austin just then I thought you were going to give me a hell yeah when you opened that can of full pass. Welcome to the Sunday afternoon show. Are you going to stun a Vince? Are you going to put your middle finger in the air and say, hell yeah! I'm very tired. This is an audio podcast. Stick my middle finger in the air wouldn't have any appeal to the good people out there. True, true. So what are we here to talk about, Mike? We're here to talk about Christmas and stuffing Because it's Christmas. Ho bloody ho. Yeah, um... You know, I'm actually quite pleased it's Christmas, I'm not going to lie. Why? Because I'm just, I'm honestly, I am just so pleased to have some time off. I am so fucked. This, I don't know about you, but this, this year has gone quick, but it's been fucking long. Yeah, it's Despite been... that. Yeah, it has kind of, there have been times where it's kind of sucked major donkey balls. Yeah. Um, and... Donald Trump's still in presidency. Yeah, I'm surprised the CIA haven't assassinated them yet. Theresa May's still Prime Minister, despite the fact I'm she tried to get... I'm surprised the CIA haven't assassinated them <laughs> Despite the yet. fact she tried to get out of her own job and failed that miserably. That's yeah. how much of a shit politician we got. She couldn't even lose her own job. How crap do you have to be that you can't even get fired? Pretty crap. Or, or pretty good. Yeah, I suppose it depends on your leans, really, doesn't it? So, anyway, films. So, we decided to do something... Radical. Something out there. We said, let's watch some Christmas films. And so we did. Yes. Well, I mean, I said, and you went along with me. Mm. Um, no, you want to do an alternative. What I said, no, we should do actual Christmas films. Yeah, well... Mm. I've got the email to prove it. Some of us are always right. Some of us are often wrong. Um, so, I said, okay, I will pick two films that I like, and you'll pick films, two films that you like. After Derek put me through the hell that was some of the worst Christmas films I've seen in my life. Honestly, they were terrible. 
that I, I would go so far as to say they're the worst films I've seen in my did life. Did you see the one with uh, Bill Goldberg? Oh, these were Santa worse. Claus. Honestly, these were worse. I'll show you the list later and you can make up your own Bill mind. Bill Goldberg is an evil Santa Claus. It's happened. I could believe that though. Yeah. And Kevin Nash was split was Shredder. Well, he was Super Shredder. That's not related to this in any way because well, he's not. He's a wrestler. You know. It's not Christmassy. You got to. You're right. Up. You're right. There's nothing Christmassy about you any of the teenage mutants. You got to talk about jingle balls and there's, stuff there's, and sa- sausage and. Oh, for God's sake! Get out of the way! Come on! Get it all out there. Yes, this is all sounding very homoerotic. Well, yes. Um, put that away. Um, right. So we're going to start with my first choice, which Your was first choice is... which is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. So is let this me... the remake, folks. For the record, this is the remake, not the good version. Let me start my timer so that we can write. We are on the clock. So I've never seen the original. I've only ever seen the uh, the remake. And to be honest with you. I'm not that fussed about seeing the, seeing the original because I don't feel I really necessarily need to. I mean, I don't know how much it offers. The original. That, you know, I, I don't see how it's going to benefit me. Put your phone away. Um, I don't see how it's going to benefit me, to be honest with you. Um, so, to give an idea of what Miracle on 34th Street is about. Right, so, it's about this girl who doesn't believe... No. She does believe in Santa, but her mom doesn't believe in Santa. She basically doesn't believe in anything because she's sensible. Um, she's also going through what I think it was a messy divorce. I don't think I, I don't think her husband is dead. I think I think it was just a messy divorce. So anyway, and she works in a toy store, and they're trying to find the perfect Santa. But when you know it, the Santa's a drunk, <laughs> and he was fucking hilarious at that. And so he comes on at Thanksgiving and says I'm going to be your Santa and they say no you're not going to be our Santa because you're a pisshead and so Richard Attenborough gets on the sleigh and says I know what's fun I'm going to whip a load of reindeer and the li- would you put your phone away it's really I'm, distracting I'm DB it's got it right official there. business oh hang on hang on yes so anyway so the delightful daughter says that's the real Santa Claus and the mother says, he's not the real Santa Claus, because Santa Claus doesn't exist. But then some bloke who's nobbing her says, I believe in Santa, and I'm going to prove he's Santa by taking it to court. Who's the bloke who's nobbing her? Uh, what was his name? It's not Dylan Mulroney, because that's Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott, playing Brian Bedford, which is a fabulous name, you can't lie. I'd like a name like that. Yeah. You trust Brian Bedford, wouldn't you? Brian Bedford. I yeah, know. I think you'd, I think you trust him to look after your kids. I don't know, would you? Because he seems a bit sleazy in this. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, think I mean, he just think comes across as generally sleazy in everything he's in. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's not quite as bad as the husband, as the um, the bloke in um, uh, American Beauty. Well, that's Kevin Spacey, though. No, 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 not him, not him. The guy who's nubbing Kevin Spacey's wife, and when they're in, Ooh. and when they're in bed together, um, Peter Gallagher, and when they're in bed together, he says, "Do you like it from the king? Take it from the king." <laughs> he's just like, "We sleazy." We need to cover that film at some point. But anyway, back to the Christmas films. So basically, the Brian Bedford character says, "Look, this character played by Richard um, Attenborough in a stunning performance is the real." 
um, Father Christmas. I believe he's the real Father Christmas. He has the right to call himself Father Christmas. And so I'm going to defend him in a court of law to prove he's Father Christmas, which is, is a bit difficult, really, isn't it? Because you can't really prove that you are someone that you're not. Yeah, and you can't really prove that someone isn't who you see are mm. by the same by the same reasoning. This is very true. So, so I could say I'm Jesus Christ. Can can anyone prove me wrong? Well, you've got the beard for it. I'll give you that. Can I, can I, I should point out, by the way, folks. Yep. Um. Right. So I've got to say, well, I'm wearing sandals. No, you're not. You're wearing boots. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> so as I say, I really like this film. I think it's a very sweet film. I think everybody in it does very well, especially Richard Attenborough. I really think it's one of his stellar performances. I did find, what was the girl's name who was in it? Mara Wilson. A little bit annoying at times. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, okay, so she was dripping with sugary so much I almost got a toothache. Yeah, I ended up borderline diabetic the first time I saw this film. <laughs> uh, so, had you seen the original before you saw this? Of course I have, because so, I'm a man of discerning taste, and if, I, if I'm going to see a remake, I'm going to see the original first. Fair play. So, what did you think then, when they, because obviously you're older than me, what did you think, obviously, when you bitch. heard they were going to make a remake? Um, when, you, when you were sitting there in your brogue, I mean, smoking your pipe, and they said, we're going to make a remake. Bear in mind, this came out in 1994, and I was 15. Like I say, you're older than me. So... Uh, we didn't hear as much about it, you know, remakes and... That's true. The internet wasn't what it was. We didn't really have IMDb back in those days. We didn't. So there wasn't any of that kind of message board stuff or anything. And I went in, I think I'd seen the original when I was about four, maybe five. Right. TV one Christmas. Did the remake differ from the original in any way? No. Okay. So it's still the ba same basic plot. It was still the same idea. Yeah, ima imagine Gus Van Sant's Psycho. That wasn't bad, you know. That was a shot, but it was a shot for shot. It was remake. a shot for shot remake. Much in the same way, this is it. Uh, is almost a shot for shot remake. Sadly, that didn't work in Funny Games. Yeah. That was a shot for shot remake, and it just wasn't as good. Yeah. Um, some films won't be. Yeah. And Gus Van Sant's Psycho, by the way, for the record fucking terrible I actually didn't think it was terrible I didn't think it was too bad Vince Vaughn please but then again I'm a massive sucker for Gus Van Sant to be fair because he's arty and I like anything arty yeah and he sends himself up quite well and Gene Sarnbox right back yes he did he was very good at that um, anyway we digress yes we um, do yeah I'd seen the original when I was well, when I was a kid um, so went into this one with kind of open eye you know I wouldn't say open eyes, but kind of an open mind. You were willing to accept it? I was willing to accept it. Um, I actually quite liked it at the time for what it was. Mm. It was just a, a nice... It's a smulty film. It, it's not trying to... I don't think it's trying to change the world. Oh, no, it's, just it's just a just nice, a, friendly, family Christmas film. It is. And more importantly, it's not Home Alone. No, it's not Home Alone. So I think that's what I like most about it. And it's not, um, what was the other one I was writing about before? It's a wonderful life. No, you can stop straight and it's a wonderful life right now. Jimmy Stewart is a fucking wonder. Jimmy Stewart is very good in that film, I'll grant you that. But he's, but it's not a good film. But anyway, again, we digress. We're good at this, aren't we? Um, 
So who else is doing? Because we, we, we did say we were going to set ourselves to a time limit on this because we've got four films to record and otherwise we'll be here for a very long time if we try and yeah. do all four. So we're going to be a bit more rushed than we usually are. So who have we got? We've got Elizabeth Perkins who plays the mother. Mm. I've never heard of her. I've never seen her anything else. I don't know. Never seen the first ones? Oh God, was she in that? Oh, that's why I don't remember because that was shit. Um, what else has she been in that I might have seen her in? Big. She was in Big. Who did she play in Big? She played the woman interest. Oh, she was in the most recent Ghostbusters film. I've not seen that, and I don't intend to see it, frankly. That's actually not a bad film. I don't, I don't recall. Care what says. I don't recall really loving the first one. To be perfectly honest with you, how can you not? Well, it it wasn't bad. It's just. I, I don't... The Ring 2. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, just for the record, the American... Uh, oh, she was in My Sister's... Oh, the TV movie of My Sister's Keeper. Oh, Must sorry. Love Dogs, she was in. Must Love Dogs. That's a terrible film. Cats and Dogs. Uh, 28 Days. No, that's not the... No, that's not that's 28 not, Days Later. No, that's not. No. That's the one with Sandra Bullock. Well, oh, right, in that one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as you say, she was in The Flintstones. Uh, she was in Big, as we've already said. She was in Avalon, whenever that is. I'm sure I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. See what you know, I think she's a stone cold fox. Um, she actually. Well, you know what? Not to turn this into a sexism laden podcast, but actually, she was quite pretty in this. I'll give you that much. Yeah. Um, she'd probably teach you a lesson. Spank you if you asked her. Only if you asked her nicely. No, you don't ask her nicely. You say, "Show her." You say, "Elizabeth, spank me! I've been a bad boy." Anyway. Anyway, yes. What did you think of her in this? I thought she was very good. I thought, I thought, I thought she was think she doing fairly well. a very good actress in most in everything I've seen her in, which isn't much of Mithily, but the que- do you think you were meant to like her? Yes, very much so. She's defending Santa Claus. No, she wasn't. Her, well, her the bloke she was nobbing was. Well, I mean okay, yeah. If anything, <laughs> she goes out of her way to disprove it. True. But by by trying to disprove it, she therefore proves it. True. So, and I mean, it's not like she was a terrible mother. It's not like she was trying to ruin her daughter's Christmas. She was trying to give the Christmas she wanted. She just didn't happen to believe in the aspect of Santa Claus. In fairness, I can't blame her because it's it's a pretty ridiculous thing to ask someone believe it to believe in this guy who once a year she was eight. I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the mother. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a bit. You know, to do that to an eight-year-old, that's a bit harsh. But to to ask someone to believe in this guy who sits basically sits around, does nothing all year round, once a year, you turns up in your front doorstep with a big sack full of toys, um, and there's ho ho hoes. What I love the most <laughs> was the episode of um, when uh, when Lister, when Lister described um Santa in Red Dwarf. In the in the backwards episode, it's like, what Santa Claus? He's just a big fat bastard dressed in red who comes down your chimney in the middle of the night and steals all your kids' favorite toys. Yeah. Um. I it's if you're gonna ask someone to believe in that, why not ask them to believe in the Tooth Fairy or the Easter Bunny? Yeah. Or you know, reasonable savings went in the January sale <laughs> or Black Friday. No, but I I don't think it's unfair. I I, I don't know. I mean. When did you stop believing in Santa Claus? Can you remember? Were you ever told there was a Santa Claus? 
I was told it was a Santa Claus, but you know, kind of wised up quite quick. I mean, I, bear in mind, I was reading by the age of three. Maybe smart ass. Um, so kind of by five, maybe six. Right, you'd worked it out. I'd worked it out, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember when I stopped believing in Santa Claus because, frankly, I've not got a very good memory for the for anything for the last ten years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it though. I don't think there's anything necessarily I don't wrong think with there's it. There's anything wrong with it at all. Um, I would, I would encourage kids to believe in Santa Claus. If you had, if you had a kid, would you tell them about Santa Claus? Or would you tell them, no, I buy your shit from Amazon? No, um, I mean, I had, I've got a stepson. Oh, that's true, you do. So we very much had the Santa, had the Santa thing when he, when I was still married to his mum. Mm. Uh, we didn't kind of discourage it at all. Um, and he kind of, I don't know how old he was when he worked out that Santa wasn't real because I wasn't there anymore. You probably learnt off the school playground. Probably, I think I think something in school probably did tell them Santa's not real. Yeah, that's usually how people find out. Mm. Um, I mean, if I had kids of my own now, I would very much foster the idea of you know Santa, a little bit of whimsy. Yeah, Santa Claus, the two fairy. But you want them to know a bit that he's not real, because let's face it, if you're spending all this money, you want to get some credit for it, don't you? Oh, as well as that, I mean, as plus if your kids asking for a horse every year. Yeah, and keeps on getting the latest um, Marvel action figures. That's gonna be setting off some alarm bells somewhere. True, true. Um, okay, so the next character, Dylan McDermott. I don't know if he's actually Irish. I apologise if he isn't. Um, I don't really recognise him. Again, he's a name I don't know. Who was in the post of being a wallflower? He's been quite a lot. He's, oh, he's, he's in the post of falling. Story. Christ, that was terrible. Um. He was in Men Behaving Badly. Not really. Um, again, I don't recognise a lot of this guy's... Three Pounds, I've heard of that, but was that the boxing film? I'm not sure. No? Uh, Runaway Jury, I've heard of that, although apparently it wasn't credited in it. Texas Rangers. Free to Tango, I've heard of that, never seen it. Home for the Holidays, I am sure I've seen that piece of shite. Uh, in the line of fire, that's very good, isn't it? But I've, again, that's I've never seen with, it. That's the um, Clint Eastwood. He was in the fake Jersey Girls. Um, what's that? Because it's go away, Mac. I'll upgrade when I'm ready. Frankly, no, don't do that. Thank you. Jamie Gertz. I've oh never heard of that film. I almost feel we should watch it as a companion piece. No. Um, Oh, it was in Twister. Oh, no, not the actual Twister, the fake Twister. So he's not been in an awful lot, actually, that I've seen. What did you think of him in this? What do you think of him as Brian Bradford? He's a... Uh, he's very he's wooden, a, isn't he? He's a typical New York kind of attorney. Mm. Um, very kind of polished and... Uh, I don't know how to describe him. He seemed to have a good heart, and he seemed to have... Um, what was effectively his stepdaughter's best interest at heart? Yeah, I mean he's he's still trying to keep the idea that you know this this uh, you know it may that sounds a bit maybe real. He's not trying to discourage her from believing. Um, no, I mean in the more in the sense of I think he'd be willing to take her on as a stepdaughter quite happily. Yeah, and 
in this, fair enough, she's adorable. You know, yeah, as suppose. as you know, as girls of that age go. Yeah. Um, Americans particularly. But she wasn't American. Hey. She was English. In what way? She had an English accent. That doesn't mean she's English. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer's got an English accent. Does he? Well, he sounds like he's putting up, like he's got an English accent. You know, I'd never have said that. Compared to some Americans, compared to Owen Wilson, I just think he was well spoken. Yeah, maybe. Um, what do you think of him, though? I, I've, I'm gonna say, I, he was a nice character. He was, he was good as what he did, but he was very much a. You've got a role. You stand there and look pretty, and the rest of them will will, will carry on. Basically, he was very he was very charismatic in his law in his lawing bit. I'll give him that much. He's no Harvey Specter, but who is Harvey Specter though? Who knows who Harvey Specter is? He's enigma. We we all like to be Harvey Specter. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That whole thing of every man wants to be him, every woman wants to sleep with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although, you could easily reverse that. That's very true. Although, he was a... What was he in that scene in another... Oh, that was right. He was in... Um, um, a film about drugs. Mm-hmm. And... Um, had Anne Hathaway in it. Oh... Let me see. The and Jake Gyllenhaal. The Good Shepherd, was it? No, it wasn't The Good Shepherd. Uh, it was, it was, it was. Love, love drugs and other things or something. Um, we'll find out later. He, he's not in this film, it's not really important. Are you sure Gabriel Matthews <laughs> in this? He was, yeah. Honestly, he was he was he was definitely in it. I'm sure he was. Governor of the drugs. That was it. Yes. Which is nothing, uh, nothing really like the title you've just given me. Uh, sort of was. Sort of was, but sort of was. Sort of was. Shut up. Okay. Um, we also had uh, Mara Wilson, as we say, who played the young daughter, who, you know. She had her typical. I hate to say that she was typecast, but she kind of was. She kind of was because she, around the same time, she played the same role in pretty much every film she was in. Well, I, I think it would be a bit unfair to say that she's played the same role, but she was very was much. Fan? That's the same character. Yeah, that's true, actually, to an extent. Um, <clears throat> she was in. Um, what else was she in? Have you seen Matilda? I've never seen Matilda. Yes, I have one of years. Um, she is, hasn't is there a seen... recent picture of her? Yes. There she is these days. Oh, she's actually quite attractive. Well. And she doesn't seem to have done that much else, actually. I mean, let's face it, she's not turned into a Macaulay Culkin, so that's good. So the last film she really did was something called Thomas and the Magic Railroad. That's Thomas the Tank Engine. It was a film, though. It wasn't a TV production. Yeah. I you know think, the, you know think, the remake um, of the Universe? Baldwin was in that. Uh, let's see. Yes, he was. Well done. Congratulations on knowing that. With Cody McCain's and Peter Fonda. Really? Jesus. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, they must have been paying well. <laughs> yes. 
Um, or we didn't have anything better to do that day. Yeah. Um, just just happened to turn up on set. And... Yep. It's like, Peter, come here. Deliver this line. Anyway, on with the, on with the show. Yeah. Um, Jane leaves. Oh, uh, she's wonderfully... She is. And she... I still think she's such an attractive. Oh, she's stunning. She's absolutely stunning. Yeah. I mean, she was the... Well, no, I would hesitate to say she was the best thing in Frasier, but... She was the second best thing in Frasier. Ooh, I don't know. Who'd you go to bed with? Out of who? Out of Ros or Daphne. Threesome? Uh, no, you've got to choose one. In that case, Ros. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is asleep with Ros. <laughs> Anyway, back yeah, to the show. I think she was good in this. I mean, she didn't have a massive role to play in it, but she, she was good in it nonetheless. Yeah. And, I mean, there are numerous act- actresses you could have easily got into for the same role. You see, I would argue that, but only because I can't think of anyone else who could have played Only because I can't think of anyone else to play her, because I don't, not because I don't think anybody else could have played that character, but more in the sense of, there's no one that springs to my mind that I think, yeah, she'd be good in that role because it, uh, it, it, it's, it's only. Back then. I, I hesitate to say. I hesitate to say it's a nothing role, but it could have been anyone else. It could, I mean, it could have been. It could have been anyone else. It wasn't. But you know, I, I don't. I I was this. What year was this out? What year? Ninety four. Ninety four. So this would have just been. Around the same period of time as Frasier, then. Yeah. So, do you think she was a particularly big player when this came out? Or do you think it was more of a case of she was willing to take any work that came her way, effectively, at that point? I think at that point she may have been just willing to take anything that she was offered. I mean, what um, else did what did she do before this, other than obviously Frasier? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that, I think that was pretty much it. That was what she was known for. Actually, she did a lot of stuff. Oh, she was in My Two Dads. Um, oh, that was a terrible and yet interesting <coughs> show. I've never seen it. Uh, she was in California Girls by David Lee Roth. Actually, she didn't do an awful lot before the, before this. Oh, she was in Murder, She Wrote. Um, I think at that point in the career, though, who wasn't in Murder, She Wrote? <laughs> um, yeah, it seems that she really only started acting in films, as it were, in 94. Oh, she was in Seinfeld. I forgot she was in Seinfeld. Only, only for a couple of episodes, but she was in it nonetheless. Again, who wasn't in Seinfeld, though? Everyone turns up in it at some point. I'm surprised I haven't had a cameo with me. I'm amazed that we... I'm I'm shocked we've not been asked. Oh, wait, it's not on the air anymore. Yeah. Um, that doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. Um, maybe, we'll get a, maybe we'll get a guest on the new show, uh, she was, Riding in Cars with Comedians. Possibly. She was perfectly passable, but she was... That's all I can really say about her. I don't remember much about her. No. Except that she was in it. Um, and I think when I watched this, it was like, oh my God, it's Daphne from Frasier. And that's probably all that all was to it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But still, still an attractive woman. Yeah. So we're coming up to about seven minutes left to go. And we still haven't talked about the star attraction, frankly, that much. Dickie. Dickie Attenborough. God rest his soul. Yes, God very much rest his soul. Um, I, th- I think he was a great actor. He brought um, this film to life in general. And a good director as well. I've never seen anything he's directed. Let's see films he's directed. Um, 
he's he's actually directed quite a few. He was, I'm pretty sure he's directed the Elephant Man. Right. I think he's very much one of those actors who really does deserve the title of a national treasure. Yes, and his brother, much the same. David. Yes. Yes. Uh, directed Chaplin. Okay, never seen it. Um, Gandhi. Never seen Gandhi. I know it's a film I should watch, but I've just never got around to watching it. A Bridge Too Far, which was the sequel to The Bridge All the River Kwai. Never seen it. Uh, Magic, which introduced the world to Anthony Hopkins. Never seen that, but now I might have to, because it's got Anthony. Um, Cry Freedom. Nope. Shadowlands. Are, are these films War. he's directed, I'm assuming? These are films he's directed. Yeah. In Love and War, um, Grey Owl. So he's done quite a lot then, really, hasn't he? His, I mean, last, his last film as a director was in 2007. Right. Called Closing the Ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I mean, the, only, the when I think Richard Attenborough, the the two the films that spring to mind for me instantly are this and Jurassic Park. This and Jurassic Park, of course. Um, just Even though he's an absolute dick in Jurassic Park. Oh, God, yeah. Massive, massive dick. Oh, these wonderful dinosaurs I've created. Of course they're not going to kill anyone. And... Oh, no, not so much that. Although, apparently, he's, even, he's an even bigger dick in the book. Yes, um, he has to massively de-dick him. Um, I mean, I've never read the book, but apparently he is. I have read the book. He was a massive, massive, like, porn great What was dick. so bad about him exactly in the book? He was just, um, he wasn't interested in any warnings whatsoever. Right. Uh, despite being told, people are going to die. <laughs> um, and he was like, no, no, of course not. It's, it's never happened before. That's because no one's done it before. Exactly. Dinosaurs have never left a man, never left a man because they've never had a chance to. See, I think that film was entirely unfair on man in general, on dinosaurs in general, rather. Like, how do we know that if dinosaurs didn't come back to Earth, they'd be like, "Oh, what are you then?" and walk away? And what's to say that leaf, that the leaf-eating plant wouldn't have a bite out of a human and think, "Oh, hang on, I don't like that." Are you trying to say that potentially we could be walking around with? in the same well, way in the same way as a German Shepherd well the thing is right is in theory why not because they they're going to kill you they will no I know obviously they're going to kill they us always have a, they always have a nibble. you know that dinosaurist get out of my flat um right but back to Mr. Attenborough in this he really did just steal the show he was so charismatic he gave such great lines of the very he truly believed in his own character and you could just tell he was loving every second of this oh he chewed the series massively in this true true but um in what in such a wonderful way though um that you can't really deny him the fact that he's obviously enjoying himself and making the most of it. Yeah, because he's clearly he's obviously an actor who's got an awful lot of pedigree, and I think. Do you think they brought him in mainly because he's such a good actor, or mainly because, let's face it, he's draw for money? Because as good as the other actors and actresses were, I'm not convinced this film would have ne- would have been nearly as popular were it not for Richard Attenborough. I want to say they brought him in because he was the actor who most looked like Santa Claus. He, he could so be Santa. Let's face it, he is Santa Claus. Or Santa Claus. He's not Santa Claus, but could easily be. 
if you were going to hire a guy to be... It would be him, wouldn't it? It would be him, yeah. Um, you, that would be your, your store, Santa Claus, all year... Not, well, not all year round. Do you think Dan DeVito could be a good Santa Claus? I don't know, I've never seen him with a beard. Well, he's a bit short, I'll get... You know, he is. We need to cover Get We need to cover Get Shorty. I was thinking about that this morning. Yes, we need do. to watch. We need to watch and review. Get shorty. Kurt Russell would be a good time to Kurt Russell. What's he been in? The thing. I can picture him. What about? What about? Big what about? Little China. What about Star Wars, dude? Harrison Ford. Yeah. Terrible Santa Claus. <laughs> really? Do you reckon? Yeah. But too, that jaw. Too grumpy. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. What about Eddie Murphy? He's jolly. Uh, is he doing much these days? Probably not. He probably is a sm- he probably is a store Santa Claus now. <laughs> Poor Eddie Murphy. Now we'll be doing something. He'll probably be doing another Norbert or something. Judge Reinhold. As in the uh, as in the guy who was in Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. No, I no no. The guy, the other guy, he's who jolly was in, enough. The guy, the, the the guy who played alongside Shane Reinhold in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I'll give you. But just Reinhold, you don't think he's jolly enough to be to be Santa? He's funny, but he's not jolly. I think he's quite jolly. You reckon? Yeah. Well, listen, we're getting into the we're, we're getting near to time now. Literally, there's a minute and a half left, and we have to move on. Overall, did you enjoy this? Do you think it's a good film? Would you show it to other people? Yes, yes, and yes. Good, good, I'm glad. You? Yes, yes, and yes, that was you. Hey, hey. We, we agree on something for once. We we often agree. I mean, I think that's what made this podcast good, because basically the idea of this podcast is we just fart on about films that we love. We're not critical about the films that we love at all, because we love them so much. Yeah. So if you're here for a critical analysis, you're not going to get it. Well, that being said, actually, we've got a film coming up in the new year that you really didn't like, so... Which one? Well, oh, yes, yes, audience. yes. Of course, I know, I know the one you mean. It's still in, being kept in reserve. Yes, it? it's going to be released at the in the new year. It's going to be our first new year show. Right, so I'm going to stop the timer so we can start it again. Right, and here we go again. Right, so that was Miracle on 34th Street. So it's your choice. Introduce it, sir. My first choice, not a Christmas movie in, this, in the strictest sense. Because it wasn't released at Christmas. That doesn't matter. It's Gremlins, the 1984 Joe Dante classic. Um, and this film, I mean, even though it's a summer blockbuster, it just screams Christmas. It's It's more Christmas than another film you're going to bring up this evening. It's not. It's like, it is. Um, so, yeah, it was directed by Steven Spielberg and it was No, it wasn't by... directed by Steven Spielberg, it was directed by Joe Dante. Oh, right, what was he just said? So, so, what was Steven Spielberg's involved with? He was with? a producer. Oh, right, okay. But who was it written by? Can you remember without looking? No. Chris Columbus. Really? Yep. Home Alone, Chris Columbus? Chris, yep. Shit. <laughs> so, tell us the basic story of, of, of the Gremlins. Um, well, it starts off innocently enough, a guy pops into a Chinese curiosity shop uh, trying to sell his, his... Why? Why does he think that in all the shops in New York that place is going to want to buy that bit of tats? Because it's like, oh, you sell really interesting Chinese artwork and, and, and things that are like 
clearly developed to one market. Would you like this thing that you in can brush fairness, your teeth on when you're on a train? Question, what a fucking it! I'm not surprised he's broke! I think the question you should be asking is, why would you think any shop in New York would want to buy that tat? <laughs> Let alone that one. We should make that to a real thing and take it on Dragon's Den. Anyway, carry on. We would get laughed off. Anyway, inventor pops into a Chinese currency shop trying to sell his inventions. What does it do, Mike? It does everything. It's the bath buddy. Um, bathroom buddy. It would give so, you a hand track if you asked nicely. It does everything you can ask it for. It's got a toothbrush, toothpaste, razor blades. No, no, no. Not, oh, no, it does. Sorry, ignore me. Carry on. Anyway, he's trying to sell this invention and he comes across an adorable, cute as a button. Furby. Not a fucking Furby. It's a Furby. It's not a fucking I Furby. I blame this film for Furbies. Don't blame this film for anything. Anyway, he comes across a cute and adorable... Mugwai! Mugwai! Um, Good Scottish band, by the way. Uh, yeah, they are. Anyway, and ask the guy, you know, can I, this is this thing is amazing? Can I buy it? And Chinese guy says no. Uh, Not for sale. Only for his grandson to eat a usurper. No more wife for you. And uh, and say yeah, okay, you can have him for fifty dollars and and a hundred brown back, or whatever the deal was. So he. he I think he paid him like two hundred dollars in the end, didn't he? Something like that. So he's he's given this Mogwai with the caveat that you can't feed him after midnight, which is stupid. But it's always after midnight. Yep. No matter where you are. Yep. You can't get him wet. Which is fair. And mm, yeah. wet. And can't expose him to sunlight. Yep. Which seems like the the most difficult kind of rules to ever obey and yet at the same time they're the most basic rules in the world to obey yeah you know it's it's not difficult you don't feed him after midnight i.e. you don't feed him you do not get him wet how is it so difficult not to follow these rules clearly you've never had a pet I had a hamster as a kid did you feed him after midnight, get him wet, or expose him to sunlight? Exactly! You animal! Yeah, but he wasn't a gremlin! <laughs> um, I should really close all these tabs and bring up gremlins. No, no, it was, um, no, it was a little mogwai. He wasn't a gremlin. He was no. a mogwai. Well, no, he was a gremlin. He wasn't a gremlin. He was a gremlin. He wasn't a gremlin. For all he gave birth to the gremlins. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, why have I spelled it gremlins? Help me out here. Gremlins. G-R-E-M. There we go. Gremlins. You're quite right. Directed by Joe Dante. Uh, written by Christopher Columbus. Soldier. Uh, is, that the, is that the guy who discovered America? Yes. Okay. Um, he's been around a long time. Yes, a bit. Yeah. He's doing well for himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a massive movie. It's, it's a very small cast. Yeah, it is, to be fair. Um, and there's only really like, three or four major characters. Mm. Um, who we'll get on to, because the first one I like to talk about is playing Corey Billy Felter. Corey uh, Feldman. Was it not Corey Feldman? No? No, playing Billy Felter. Billy? Billy Felter is Zach Galligan. 
Yeah, that's the right pronunciation. Who is the is the son that is the Maguire's bought for as a Christmas present? Clearly, they didn't have the adverts that you have these days, because a Maguire is not for Christmas. It's not just for Christmas, rather. No, if you if you if you're careful, there's enough leftovers for New Year as well. True. True. Um, Anyway, Billy Pelter, played by Zach Galligan, who is the main kind of star of this film. Um, don't think he was really in much after this, apart from Gremlins 2. Uh, let's have a look. We've got a computer right here. You've got a computer right there. So, what's he been in that I've seen? Ugh. Very little, it's got to be said. Yeah, he's... Seems to have fallen into the category of. In fact, I've seen him movie in actor. Bugger all, actually. You've sure you've seen Gremlins two? Nope. Uh, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen Gremlins. Is it? I've never seen it before. What was your opinion on it? Well, we'll get to that in a minute, won't we? You'll have to wait and see. Over right him, I thought he was perfectly passable in this. Yeah. I didn't think he was a bad actor in this. I didn't think he was a bad character. I thought it, I, I did find it amusing that he was in what was see, what was possibly quite a well-paid job, and yet he was still in the room with mommy and daddy and reading comic books. Yeah, you think he could afford to move out and get his own place? You think if he's trying to impress Phoebe Cates, mm. he'd be wanting to move out and get his own place? Yeah, I mean he still lives in their attic for Christ's sake. That's quite a cool attic, though. Well, it is. I'll guarantee and you that. And plus, you have but... to ask how old is he in this film? Because you don't really define an age. He's probably about 18, 19. Um, I don't know. He could drink, so he had to be 21. Some states in the, in the US, uh, it was 18. Okay, fair dues. So, <clears throat> I know certainly in New York, up until the 70s, I think, it was 18. The legal drinking age. Anyway. Yeah. I did think he was bad. To, if you're trying to impress Phoebe Cates, dude, move out of your. Yeah, you, move out of your parents' place. For even even if it's only a bed sit, <clears throat> it's your own space. And she's Phoebe Cates. Hang she's, on, hang on a second. She's hang on a second. It. It's not a bed sit, it's a studio apartment. Of course. With, uh, with river views. <laughs> Yes, so that takes us nicely on to, to Phoebe Cates, which, let's face it, I think is the main reason why people watch this film to begin with. Oh, hover, hover. Um, you know, I've not seen her in that much. She's, I mean, she kind of, she's been in 19 movies. I think the only other film I saw her in, aside from this, was Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred, classic. She's been in Gremlins 2, of course. Um... She was but in she's, that she's mostly time. been kind was of a housewife. Fast time at Richmond High. Um, that was her most famous uh, one, wasn't it? Fast time at Richmond High. That was 1982. She was in private school the year after. She was in Paradise also 1982. Um, Gremlins was her first big feature. Um, Bright Lights, Big City, which I've I remember seeing that at some point. I love you to death. Which I think that has a husband, uh, Kevin Clark. Yes, it does. In case you didn't know, by the way, she's married to Kevin Klein. Um, Don't know much about Kevin Klein. <clears throat> her last appearance in anything was in the Little Dimensions video game. 
Right. In 2015. So she's clearly had a wonderful career. So she, I mean, she's mainly been kind of, you know, concentrating on family life, I think. And, well, and you know what? Fair play to her for doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. So, who else do we have? Um, we've got Mr. Ming the Merciless, K. Luke, who was yeah. very much a case of, okay, we need a Japanese actor. Is Chinese. he free? Chinese. Oh, sorry, that was incredibly racist. Uh, is he available? Because he's, let's face it, he's kind of been, you know, is he dead? Yes. Oh, he died a very long time dead. ago. Very dead. Oh, well, don't feel so bad for slagging him off now. Um, was he in... He was in CJ Hooker. What was the one where they go in... Um, oh, God. They, they go into a Chinese something and there's a load of warriors or something. And he fights them. Are you um, sure you're not thinking of Big Trouble in Little China? That's it, yes. Big Trouble in Little China. Was he in Big Trouble in Little China? I don't think he was. And Oh, hang on. Am I thinking of the dude from Tremors? I don't know if you think of the dude from Tremors. I think I am, you know. You, think of, you mean Kevin Bacon? No, Kevin Bacon's not Chinese. Racist. <laughs> He's not! <laughs> Now, I'm sure the guy who was in Big Trouble in Little China was also in Tremors. I think another one you mean with, with the long beard. That's racist. No, that's beardist. <laughs> He's not been in a lot for Monarchy Gather. I mean, he did a lot, but not a lot that I've seen. Um, of course he was in Kung Fu. That's not racist. Um, James Hong. James Hong. Him. <clears throat> Let's see. I don't recognise him, but I don't know why. He's apart still from alive. Seeing... Oh, good for him. He was in Lethal Weapon 4. Never seen it. Um, let's see. I've seen Loaded Weapon 1. Um, what what film was it you were asking was he in? Tremors. Um, Tremors. Let's see. He's in Rush Hour, the TV series. Um, Tremors. Oh god, we might have to go back a long time. I'll tell you what, it would be easy. Tremors. It would be easy to look up Tremors, to be honest with you. It probably would be, but I'm doing it this way as well. And we have the we have the power. Tremors. Oh god, they're bringing out another Tremors film. Why? Because they can. Um, Victor Wong, who played Walter Chang, and I'm sure. Yes, oh, he was indeed. Was oh, he was in... Shit, he was in Last Emperor. I completely forgot about that. Then again, it's been a very long time since I've seen um, uh, Last Emperor. Have you ever seen Last Emperor? No. Really good film. Really worth watching. Um, okay, so we've talked about Phoebe. What, what else have you got about this? Because, look, I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I've got very little to say about this film. Not I just didn't it, think it was that good. There's not much to say, because it's... I... I grew up loving this movie because I thought it was great. It's a simple film, and th- for that reason, is why I like it. Um, it combines everything I love about cinema. It's got you know thrills, chills, spills, and you know a few giggles throughout. Mm. And what more can you ask for in you know? So help. Oh right. Oh yes. Okay. So let's at least explain, and you know, spoilers here, but let's ex- let's let's at least explain how it all works. So basically, the kid who was in Big, I think it was Corey Feldman. That I think about it, 
spilled. He wasn't in big. Whoever the kid oh. was. Um, sorry, Zach. Zach. Yeah, Corey Feldman spills. Like, no, no, Zach Gall- No, Zach Gallagher was not the lead actor. Corey Feldman was Pete. Yeah, I didn't say he was. Yeah, you said Zach Gallagher played Billy Pelter. Yeah, who's not the lead? He's the lead. He's not the lead. Pete is the lead. First build only. I'm telling you, he was the lead. He wasn't the lead. So... But Corey Feldman was in it, wasn't he? Corey Feldman was in it. But Corey Feldman was Hang in it. Hang on a second. Hang on. There's a way that we can prove this. Um, okay, if he was in big, then it is who I'm thinking of. Okay, maybe you're right. So, was Corey Feldman in big then? Uh, no, he wasn't. He was. That is him. That that is Corey Feldman. Yes. No, that he's not. He's not in big. He wasn't big. He wasn't in big. He wasn't big. He wasn't in big. Bum, 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 bum. If he wasn't. Oh no! Hang on a second. <laughs> Jesus, we're shit at this. He was in something else that I've seen. Obviously. He was in the Burbs. That's possibly where I recognise him. Yeah, which isn't big. And the Goonies. That was it. He was in the Goonies. He still wasn't in Big. So who was the annoying little shit in Big then? I know the annoying little shit in Big. <laughs> it's not him. I keep telling you it's not him. <laughs> you won't fucking listen. <laughs> I've got to say, I really like the old woman who all she wanted to do was put her money into the bank and no one would let her. Jared Rushton. Yes. Is he annoying little shit in B? Who is clearly not fucking Corey Feldman. Fine! He's not Corey Feldman and he's not in this film. Jesus. You'd think you'd know that. You go on about him being in big. He's not in big. Get your sources straight. Christ, Michael. Fuck you. Um... Yeah, I just like the old woman who wants to put her money in the bank and no one would let her. Yeah, what, what was up with that? I know. All she wanted to do was get to the front of the queue. She clearly had stuff to be doing. And I was like, oh, Moira, you can't, you can't push to the front. Fuck off, she's rich. And she's which old. People, she's going to die any day soon. Which people can let, do whatever they want. She's going to die any day. Just let, let her go to the fucking front of the queue. So anyway, I was going to talk about the evolution of them. So he gets him wet. Fnaf Fnaf, and yeah. a load of little Mogwais appear out of the original Mogwai. Yeah, but they're little bastards. They are. They're um. Well, they're gremlins. Well, they're rowdy. They're the rowdy boys. They are. Um, they've they've got a bit of spirits about them. Yeah, it's safe to say. Um, and then Billy says, "Oh, I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to look at my clock, and it's not midnight, so it's safe." Except. They chew the cord! Although, saying it's a digital clock, so surely if you chew the cord, it would just come off. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a digital clock. Oh, it was one of the ones with the numbers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was what, It was a, it was a clock. Yeah, clock clock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> surely, though, that's not his only source of time. You'd think, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, you'd think, well... What was he doing up at that time to start with, anyway? Shouldn't he be in bed? Oh, no, that's right. He's an adult living in his parents' attic! 
fuck! You're not going to let that go, are you? No, I'm not, frankly. You should know better. Um, yeah, so anyway, he feeds them and wakes up a few days later and they've turned into pods. Yes. And instead of doing the sensible thing and saying, these weird-looking pod things have appeared in my bedroom, maybe I should move them, he just lets them sit there. Or... Maybe such a flamethrower too. Or that, yeah. I mean, we are thinking Alien here, aren't we? Let's be honest. We are, yeah. Because um, that's the other big movie of the 80s where they had kind of insane pods. So anyway, the gremlins appear from the uh, fr- appear from the eggs and suddenly they have a massive knowledge about everything in the world, apparently. <laughs> Not everything. Um, you know... Although I, I've got to admit, I did like I did like it. One scene that did make me quite laugh, though, was when the um, when the science teacher was offering him food, and he takes the apple and throws the apple away. He's like, "Ew, disgusting! I don't want the apple." That did kind of make me laugh. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing you didn't really enjoy this. Well, no, it's not. It's unfair to say that I didn't enjoy it. And maybe if I watched it as a kid, I would have enjoyed it more. To be honest with you, they scared me as a kid. They genuinely creep me out. They were meant to. I don't. I don't think I would have wanted to watch it as a kid. Um, in the same way that I still don't want to watch it, because it still it still scares me. Um, but you know, that's, that's a testament to Tim Curry more. Well, very true. Um, it's not that I disliked it. Right. <sighs> okay. So these things come out of nowhere, and apparently they've suddenly got a massive knowledge of what's going on. Yeah. They they know how to move around, they know things are, they know the song to hi ho hi ho it's off to work you know, apparently. They're aware of how to make a film appear on a projector somehow. Um they they have uh, Don't you just... know how to do that? Actually I do know how to work a projector, but only after I was taught. Um And ultimately they just it just feels like it was cheap laughs. It, of course it was. It just felt like it was just a load of cheap laughs. It's, it's meant to be. And I mean, okay, so spoilers, he kills them by blowing up the um, the, the, the cinema. Now, you see, when they originally were putting the gas into the cinema, I thought they were going to asphyxiate them. I didn't think they were going to blow it up. Right. And I'm not being funny, but I can't help but feel that the amount of gas that would have been needed to be pumped into a building of that size... Would not have blown it up. Come on. It's like in um in uh, the Bourne, whatever it was, where he turns on the gas in the apartment and shoves the magazine in the um in the toaster, and it blows the place up. Yeah. That couldn't happen, and I mean I mainly know that because the MythBusters tested it and it didn't work. <laughs> I I just can't help but feel that the sheer amount of gas that would have circulated in that room would not have caused that big of an explosion. And more to the point. Why were the rest of the townsfolk not a bit pissed off of him? He... You've brought panic and confusion and destruction to our town. But okay! And you've brought up the only source of entertainment we've got. But they did have a Burger King. Burger King is not a source of entertainment. I thought it was nice that such a small place had a Burger King. Yeah, but surely they've had a McDonald's as well. Possibly. Everybody's got a McDonald's. True. No, it would be unfair to say I dislike this film. But what? I'm never gonna watch it again, and I don't. I don't think even seeing it as a child 
would necessarily lead me to think it's a classic. I'm, I'm not saying it's a classic. I'm just saying it's enjoyable. I mean, if you compare it to other films, not necessarily the same ilk, but of the same time frame, um, you know, I know it might be unfair to compare them, but with the likes of Batteries Not Included, um, you know, with the likes of Short Circuits, they're, other, you know... They're very obviously aimed at families, and Gremlins isn't aimed at the same type of people that Batteries Not Included is aimed at. I'll give you that. Although it did have that batty old woman who was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Where's my Bobby? <laughs> He's dead. Get over it. He's been eaten. Um. You know, I didn't. I just didn't fall in love with this film, and I don't think I'm going to. And that's fair enough. It, um, it didn't. It didn't have enough going on. It was a very small. It was. It seemed to be a film. That had an awful lot of action, but didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Unfortunately, in my opinion. I mean, this is... We're talking about Joe Dante here, so he's the same guy who directed The Burbs. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed The Burbs. The Burbs is a fantastic... We have to review that, definitely, at some point. What else has Joe Dante done? Because it's a name I recognise, but I couldn't tell you anything else that he did. I mean, I didn't know... I mean, I, I'd hope, I've seen The Burbs, but I didn't in know he'd space. made The Burbs. Um... Obey the Howling. Okay, fair play. Um, he may... Oh, he did a Twilight episode, but then again, again who hasn't? <laughs> he doesn't seem to have done much, to be perfectly honest. Let's see. Um, Piranha. The original Piranha. Um, the original Howling. Twilight Zone movie. No, never seen Twilight Zone. In the space, you've surely seen in the space. Nope, can't say I have. With Meg Ryan, nope. Dennis Quaid. I think where I grew up has a very has a massive bearing on me as a cinema goer. Though it's got to be said. Yeah, um, I think we discussed that before. That given that I grew up like in Bumblefuck nowhere, it was very difficult to see anything. To be perfectly honest, whereas I grew up in Liverpool with uh, a video shop five minutes around the corner. My video store had a. Street Fighter 2 arcade machine. Ooh, that was fancy. Boss. That was boss. Um, right, so we've got about six minutes left. Do you have anything more to say about this film? I would recommend it because it's just it's pure popcorn entertainment. For that reason only. It's not a Christmas movie. Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's discuss this. Right, okay. So, it's set at Christmas... He buys Mogwai as a Christmas gift. It's two days before Christmas. It's snowing. There's Christmas lights. How is it not? I don't care when it was made. We're also going to get onto this point with my with my. I don't care place. when it was made. It's still a Christmas film. It's a Christmas Eve film. It's not a Christmas. It's film. a Christmas film. It's a Christmas film, but it's also not. So you're saying that if they if they if they. If they hadn't released it for another six months, you'd make it a Christmas film. I'm not. I'm not saying I'd make it a Christmas film. I'm saying I'm not saying it's not a Christmas film. I'm just saying it's not. It wasn't released as a Christmas film. It wasn't. Was your other film released at Christmas? I don't know actually. Um, <laughs> Hoisted by your own batard. I believe it was though. I believe it was. Well, we'll come on to that. We'll keep let, that one a let secret. Let me see. Let me see. 
Yeah, we will go on to the on to the actual. Because I think that's the one we're going to spend most time talking about. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, in fact, we might have to break the half hour rule for that. Look, he's these. Oh no! Wait, 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 wait. Um. Yes, yes, yes. When was it released? In, in El Salvador. In El Salvador. <laughs> Fuck off. It was released on December twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight. When was it released in the US? Uh, it depends on. No, no, no. What does it say? The premiere date was July 12th. Oh, here's a petard! Shove it up your ass, son! That's not how you hoist a petard. <laughs> it is in the right I think that's how you thrust the petard. Uh, but in El Salvador, Uruguay and Denmark, it was released as a Christmas film. And... Uh, yeah, that's it. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Right, okay, so... Oh, Hungary as well. Right, okay. So that's Gremlins. Right, so let's get on to my next film, which I think is just magical. I honestly think it's the best telling. You see, this is a hard pick for me, right? Go on. It was only, it was either going to be this. By the way, I'm going to laugh at the fact that he said hard. I'm, I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to laugh. I'm proud when I'm get hard. Um, it was either this, or it was Scrooged. Now, which Bill one Murray. do you think I should have picked? Um, both are very good choices. So my pick was a Muppet's Christmas Carol. It's okay. just, it's just wonderful. It's just, there's nothing. I honestly think this is one of the few films where you can't hate it. There is nothing bad about this film. There is, no, there is nothing unenjoyable. Certainly, I don't think there's anything to pick bones about this. I really mm-hmm. think. Oh, shut up, for Christ's yeah. sake. You know, you've been drinking. That's the really sad thing. Um, if, you keep, if you keep on saying things like pick bones, you know, I'm going to just chuckle. So, The Muppets Christmas Carol is basically the telling of Scrooge, of um, uh, Bob Mar- Bob Cratchit, no. Bob Cratchit, yeah. What was his name? No, Bob Cratchit was... Marley? No, Scrooge. Bob Ebenezer, Bob Ebene- Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Bob Marley? No. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Who was basically, if we listened to him, we wouldn't have had the banking crisis. He's just he's a sensible man. Because he runs a bank and says, we shouldn't lend money to people who can't afford to pay it back. We shouldn't close down on special days just because people say we, sh- people say we should. I agree with him. We should basically be sensible in our banking. And then, however many years later, other bankers said, we're gonna, we're not going to listen to that, and then you got the big short. Yeah. So really, I don't get why people for the Ebenezer Scrooge was such a bad guy. I really don't understand it. He is, he is words, his warnings, of yeah. peril. So the story in a nutshell, if you don't know the story of this, Scrooge goes home one night, eats some cheese, and is visited by his former workmates, who basically say, by the way, going to be some ghosts. Just want to warn you. This never happened to me, by the way, after eating cheese. 
Mate, well, he did. He did eat a lot of cheese. I mean, did you see the size of that cheese? No one could possibly want that much cheese. I've had more cheese than that. I've never been visited by ex-work colleagues. Fair play. Um, so they show up and say, look, if you don't change your ways and if you don't learn from these ghosts, you're going to have a bit of a shit life, basically. Yeah, and here's the thing. The ghosts don't really like, give them a proper education. Um, I disagree. So let's talk about the first ghost. What does the first ghost do, Michael? Can you remember? I can't. Okay, so basically the first ghost is the ghost of Christmas past. He takes him into his childhood and shows him what what he was like, effectively. And in this, he was very studious. He paid attention in lessons. He listened to his teacher. He wanted to do well. He wanted to earn money. And he didn't want to go out with all the other kids and play in the snow. What a little bastard. He wanted to do well in his life. And apparently, that's not a good thing. No, Again, uh, to be if people learn from these lessons, maybe the world wouldn't be in the state it's in. Maybe we wouldn't have Donald Trump as fucking... Well, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, he says, okay, so maybe I was a bit of a shit child. Maybe I didn't take on board the whimsiness that I should have had as a child. So, he goes back to bed. And the ghost of Christmas present shows up. And basically says... Look at all these people. They're having a really good time. And he noticed that they've not invited you because they don't want you here. And he says, because he's a bit of a curmudgeon, oh, maybe I, should, you know, maybe I should be nice to the people. And it's like, well, no, why? Why do you need, you know, why do you need to change who you are to why, get other why people's do you, approval? Why do you need their, kind of their approval of who yeah. you are? Why do you need to fit in? Yeah. And be popular. Why Why? Why do you, you know, Jesus, if I was like, I, I hate this idea that you have to change who you are just because other people don't like who you are. That's bullshit. How about if other people don't like who you are? They fucking change. Yeah, get better friends. Yeah. As well. You know. You know, the more and more I think about that, I really well, like Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I think we've taken this film entirely the wrong I, way. I, I, think we, I think this is quite radical. It is. It's the yeah. only time we, we've ever said, listen, the bad guy is... It's the a good guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's got the right idea. Um, and so eventually the third ghost says, and he says, by the way, you're going to get old. And by the way... No shit. You're going to die. And it's by the way, simple fact of life. and by the way, no one's going to shop at your funeral. I have never understood this. I have never understood why people see that as such a problem. Who cares? You're, You're dead. dead. Exactly. Who cares? Exactly. You know, you're not there to see who isn't at your funeral. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'd like to think that you might say when it, when I die, I'd like to think you might say, well, you know, he was not right, chap. We had a laugh, but I'm not bothered if you don't shop at my funeral. You know what? Take any... When I die, I give you permission to get access to my bank account and go and get a right good piss up. Fair play. Would you do the same for me? Yeah. Good on. Right. Seals right there. When we when the first one of us dies, Not gets promising there's going to be anything in my bank account. Oh, same here. Same here. Frankly, I don't know how I fold my lifestyle in general. Um. No. So yes, he meets all the free ghosts, and suddenly he thinks, okay, so I should change my ways. Whilst I've still got time, I'd be nice to the people around me. Why? 
I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But that's. Let's face it, the people around them are employees. Yes, they are. That's the, they're the only people he's really got in his life employees and customers. Yeah. The customers are going to come in regardless because he's offering the service they need. Yes. The employees are going are to come in regardless. To do a job. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're. You get paid to do a job. I mean, let's face it, let's face it, the amount of money Bob Cratchit's on, more than minimum wage these days. Yeah, I've never understood this attitude from people who complain about having to do their job when they get it. It's like, you know what, you're paid to do a job, do your fucking job. It's not difficult. If they ask you to be there at nine o'clock, be there at nine o'clock! Yeah. It's not hard! No, be there at ten to nine. Ten to nine, Exactly. Exactly. I never understood that in the other employment place that we used to work in, when people would swan in at nine o'clock and then wonder why the bosses got angry. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, if you're on time for work, you're already late. Yeah. You should be there ten minutes before time, you've got time to get a coffee, get, get everything set up. Exactly, get, yeah. Get the shit you need, and then you can get settled in. As Chris Rock once said, there's no such thing as being early, there's being late, or there's being on time. Yeah. You cannot ever be too early for anything in this life. I firmly believe in attitude. Okay. The, only, the only regarding that was that it's not true is sex. You can come to early. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, right. So what really... Uh, moving on from that, because this is a kid's <laughs> film. Moving on from that, what really makes this special is the character, the character interactions between, again, another man who is a national treasure, Michael Caine and Michael the Caine. Michael Caine. Um, don't you blow that. Don't you point that. Bloody spirit at me. You're supposed to buy them, but they doors off. <laughs> we did cover that, didn't we? We did. I thought we and did. We covered the terrible remake. Yes, which we did. was your insistence. I don't. Care. <laughs> I don't think was it. Oh, it was. Shit, yes. I'm sorry about that. Um, that seemed like a good idea at the time. I hated you for that. Hated. Yeah. So what makes this film special really is the interaction between the Muppets and the Michael Caine character. Yeah. Because. Obviously, they're Muppets. We know that. But you almost don't notice. You almost don't care. Because the one thing you can say about um, the people who played the Muppets and the people who controlled them was they made them human. It didn't matter that they weren't human beings or that they were a frog or a pig or a rat or whatever. You know, they, they came alive. They were real. They were real characters. Yeah, and it, it worked incredibly well. And I'm not much of one for musicals, but I love the music in this film. The music is well done. Um, I will As, give you. That. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not quite so taken on. There's only one more sleep till Christmas. It's a bit sweet. It's a bit saccharine for my liking. But that opening song, where Michael Caine is walking through the walking through the streets of London. And you've got all the Muppets singing along and singing their part. It's just glorious. And what makes it really great is when it gets to the end of the song and Michael Caine slams down his cane, looks around at all of them, and so they're all like, oh my God, freeze frame, go back to normal. It's brilliant directing. It's brilliant directing and photography. It really is. I think it's better than a lot of films that I see these days. Yeah. Um, but that's not saying much because a lot of the films these days are pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um... So, really, there's not an awful lot to say about the other actors because there aren't many other people in it. At least, not that you would, you know. Um, Frank Oz is obviously a big name. He's one that most people know. Um, yeah, if you don't know Frank Oz, then... What have you been doing with your life, frankly? Life. 
Um, yeah. I did like Fred, Scrooge's nephew. He was very Yay. good. I liked him. He was quite nice. Um, now, I know we don't necessarily like to do this, but I just want to go into the quotes very quickly. Because this has got such quotable dialogue. Um, let me just have a look at some of the, some of the best ones. Um, I, I do love Robert and Jacob Marley. They are so great. Um, help me out here. That was a speech? Uh, where are we? Uh, there. I'll start again. That was a speech? It was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. I love this. It's just, it's, the Muppets are such great TV in general. You know, they really are. I've, I've got to say, my favourites are the, the two old curmudgeons. You know, um, Statler and Waldorf. Well, that was them, wasn't that it? Was them, it's just yeah. they happened to be playing the characters of yeah. um, Bob and Marley. Yeah, but they are my favourite Muppets out of all the Muppets. Because um, they most reflect, I think, my general outlook on life. <laughs> I love this line as well. Um, Tomorrow, you become a man of business. I'm looking forward to it, Headmaster. Mm, you will love business. It's the American way. <clears throat> it's, it's the British way and just so much of this and the thing is I think it would be far too easy to see this as just some kid film but it's got enough it's got enough dialogue it's got enough story and it's got lo- enough laughs that adults will love but not in the there are jokes in there that only the adults will get but not in the but same the way that you're getting at. so many films these days like where the character basically winks at the, cam- the camera, and you'll say, "Ah, I saw the doorbell always rings yeah, twice as well." It's you know, exactly they're going laugh. It, yeah, it's not that. It's witty. It's. I, I mean, I I haven't seen any of the, the Muppets films, and I never really watched the Muppet as a kid because, again, living in Bubblefuck nowhere, we didn't have Sky or anything. So I and I don't recall the Muppets being on Channel Four. They were on BBC. Was that on the? Was it on the BBC? I'm pretty sure they were on BBC. Right. Okay, well, I completely missed that. Apparently. I might be wrong, um, but it's either BBC or Channel Four. I'm sure it was Channel Four, you know. But then again, you also had Sesame Street, so I th- I can't remember. That was ITV. I'm pretty was that sure. ITV? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. In fact, you know, I'm not going to do any more um, quotes because honestly, I really don't like doing that. Um, but yeah I just think this is a glorious film I think it's very well played I think everybody in it does a stellar job Michael Caine again scenery showing I honestly think this is his best performance not George 3 I've never seen George 3 strangely enough uh, obviously I've seen um, obviously I've seen um, the Italian, Italian job. job and I've seen other films he's been in but I really think this is this is his best work because you've got to think about it right how many actors would be prepared to show up on a stage and say, you're going to act and you're going to interact with a load of Muppets? And you're, going to, you're not going to just interact with them. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be out, outdone by them. Yes, in an, in an awful lot of ways. Upstaged. Yeah, upstaged by the Muppets, very much so. Yeah. Um, and it does see, it takes a brave actor to go, actually, yeah, I'm up for that. Um, not many people would. No, they wouldn't. Um, now, we've got a bit of time left on this one because, honestly, I don't think there's much more to say. I don't think there's a lot to say about it because it's basically a story you already know. 
it's yeah. not it's not treading new grounds. It's not it's not groundbreaking. It's just it's funny. It's it's a retelling of a story that everybody knows and has been done to death, frankly, but in a wonderful, beautiful way. In a new way as well. And I yes. think most importantly, if you're gonna if you're gonna retell a story, do something new with it. Do, and do it right. Like done before. Yeah. And your other your other pick for what could have been. Yes, let's Scrooge. talk about Scrooge very quickly. Yeah. Again, uh, I think that, it's wonderfully done. That is one of my favourite Christmas movies of all time. It was my pick for last year for a comic dramatic. Um, Bill Murray is amazing. Such a bastard. Carol Kane is amazing. Who? Carol Kane. I think she's the ghost of Christmas past. Or oh, she's from a toaster. Yeah. No, she's the ghost of Christmas present. Yes, that's it. Yeah, but she's wonderful in it. Oh, she's she's a psycho, but she's wonderful at the same time. It's because she's a psycho. She's so wonderful. I I just identify with her character. <laughs> what do you? Do you we often, all want to hit Bill Murray. Do, do you often hit people in hidden toasters? Yeah. I tell you who I loved, and I've got to look his. I've got to look his name up. Um, otherwise, I will not remember. But he played the guy who was a bit of. He was a bit of a wimp, and then turned into a gun a gun toting idiot. Elliot. Elliot. Louder milk. That was it. Oh, um, Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> what a name. He was just wonderful in, in Scrooge. He really was. See, this is the thing, right, is there are certain... You Have you got brothers and sisters? I can't remember. Yes, I have. Have you got both? Which one have you got? I've got one sister. Uh, I had two brothers. Okay. One left. Is there a film that you have that you've watched with one of them where both of you can quote it line for line? Um... Because me and my sister can basically can quote this and um, clue I basically I line for line. Both of us, um, but maybe the Blues Brothers, mm. Mm. and I could probably count both of us, my brother and my sister for that one. I just love the scene in Scrooge where he comes back, where the Elliot Loudermilk comes back at the end with the gun. It's like um, I'm gonna shoot you, right? It's like, do I get a count? He's like, of course. One thousand, one thousand, two thousand, boom! I just, I just love it. God damn it! I want to watch that again now. It's uh, let's make that next Christmas's pick. Spoilers. Well, Assuming we're still going next year. Let's be honest. Now and next year, there is. Um, yeah, I again, it's the same basic story, but rather like Muppets Christmas Carol. It's the way that it's told. It's new. It's it changes what you know and kind of plays with that, and that's why I love this and Muppets Christmas Carol because it doesn't just go with the same formula that's been told time and time again. Yeah. Because how many times have you seen a Christmas Carol? Well, indeed. And it's been pretty much the same. It's a cookie cutter movie. Although, although, sorry, I've just remembered another version of Christmas Carol that's also wonderful. Um. Blackadder. Yes. Where he starts out being a really nice guy and basically learns, actually, the world's a horrible place. I'm going to be able to say dick to everyone. Isn't that what, isn't that what life is for? Yes. It is, it is, it is to be dicked to as many people as you possibly can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, life is about learning that people are going to turn you into a massive kid. People are basically dicks. Yeah. A clutch bag of dicks. Yes, very much so. And uh, you've, sometimes you've just got to be a bigger dick. Yes, you do. <laughs> if you want to get somewhere in life, get a big dick. Yeah. Dick! Oh, God. 
Everybody, let's face. If you didn't laugh at that in RoboCop, you've you haven't got a sense of humour. I don't know if I ever told you. I used to work when when I worked in the the women's hospital. We have a security guard called Ed. Okay. Now, we also had our chief of estates, who was in charge of all the repairs around the hospital. His name was Dick Webster. Right. And just one evening, just heard one one guy shouting, "All right, Dick." That's so uh, juvenile, but it's kind of funny. Uh, it just, he wasn't thinking about it in a kind of insulting way, and that's what made it just hilarious <laughs> to me. I was I was on the floor wetting myself. I was going, oh, my God. Uh, okay, so we actually haven't talked about Muppets Christmas Carol that much, actually. I didn't, honestly, I didn't think we necessarily would. Um, so we've got 40 minutes to go, which actually... I knew, I knew going into this we probably that this next hit. film was going to be the one that was going to be the big talking about. This is the, the, the divisive one for you, isn't it? Well, look, I don't. I love it as a film. I just still don't, well, you know what? No, it's your pick. You introduce it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get on to nineteen eighty-eight. Picture the scene. Oh God, you're being very dramatic. Jesus Christ. Nakatomi Plaza. Yep. Christmas Eve. It's the Nakatomi. Night before Christmas. It's the Nakatomi. And all from a house. It's the Nakatomi Plaza. Not a creature was stirring. Not even a terrorist. It's the Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party, which is full of typical 80s. Rich bastards. Typical 80s Americans. Green um, is good. Yeah, and along comes. Those Bruce. suits. They were some sharp suits. Anyway, we are talking, of course, about Die Hard, the 1988 John McTiernan. Classic. No, it wasn't John McTiernan, was it? I'm fairly certain it was John McTiernan. I Ma- think John McTiernan did the, the sequel. Um, no, I'm sure he did this one. Die. Die Hard. Yeah, it was John McTiernan. It was John McTiernan, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the 1988 John McTiernan classic, Die Hard. Die hard! Which, uh, hard. <laughs> Die. Which gave the world, which gave the world, let's not forget, the wonderful, exuberant Alan Rickman. Surely he was doing things before this. He was doing things before this, but he, it was his first time in America. He hadn't been cast in anything. Right. And this was his, this was his last chance. He was, when he got cast in this, he was about to head on a plane back home okay. to the UK and give up on Hollywood. Right. Because he hadn't ca- been cast in anything. I find, and when I say this, it's not that I don't believe you. I just find that very hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. You know, looking back and you go, well, it's Alan Rickman. Why wouldn't you cast him in everything? Again, I know we said it twice before this evening, but national fucking treasure. Absolutely. And um, what a voice. Let's just let's just get onto that voice for a minute because that voice is smooth. As Best shit. Alan Rickman film, go. Best Alan Rickman film, um, Dogma. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Hands down. There's nobody else I can see in that role, and it's very few films I can see that about. I'll give you that. You. Snowflake. Sorry, Snowcake. Never heard of it. Brilliant film. Uh, it's about it stars. Obviously, Alan Rickman, hence the saying it's his best film. 
Um, and Scorny Weaver living with an living with an incredibly autistic woman after he kills a daughter. I'll have to. You have to watch. Honestly, it's such a brilliant Sounds film. Sounds like a feel good family run. Oh, it's incredibly feel good family fun. Um, have you seen the one with um, where he plays a hairdresser? With um, actually another film, I should say. Sorry, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, I've never seen Hitchhikers. Oh, and of course, how could we forget? Marvin, he plays Marvin the Paranoid Android. And of course, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Whatever you want to say about that film, and it is shit, he's brilliant in it. Blow dry, that's okay. what it's called. And get you laughing out now with the word blow. Uh, Josh Hartnett was in it with a Yorkshire accent. <laughs> I... Um, a terrible Yorkshire accent, but a Yorkshire accent nonetheless. So, carry on with the story then, because there's more to it than that. So yes, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, we've already covered that. And these terrorists come in. Yes. And uh, take everyone hostage. Very nice terrorists. In the middle of a secret Santa, nonetheless. No, I think they were just getting drunk. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, takes everyone hostage, and basically... Everyone's like, well, why are you taking... There's an office building. There's nothing exciting here. There's no, there's no money in the safe. There's Barabons. Barabons. And we've got eight 1980s computers. So there's nothing to hack. Um, why are you here? And well, what? no, he. they say that they're terrorists. And he says, who said we're terrorists? Oh, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um... Carry on. So, I'm deliberately trying to find all of Alan Rickman's greatest lines in the whole thing. Um, Basically, the, these terrorists are, are very much the kind of Euro trash that you'd expect to see in <laughs> 1980s Hollywood films with where the Europeans are always the bad guys and the Americans are always the good guys. That's how it works. Because that's just how life is. Yes. Um, despite the fact that it's nothing like how life is. Um, but it has to be said, this is Alan Rickon's movie. If, I don't care what anyone says. I'm sorry, I've just got to touch it because I, I just love this line. I wanted this to be, for, to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative. Not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Skagi did not say it that way. So he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. We can go anywhere you want. You can walk out of here or you can be carried out. But have no illusions. We are in charge. So decide now, each of you. And please remember, we have no, nothing to chance. <laughs> and I can't do that man. I can't do his line reading justice, frankly. But his delivery is just perfect. It's pitch perfect. It is. Uh, again, going back to the he hadn't been cast in anything. Why wouldn't you cast this guy in every movie possible? Mm. Um... You know, we look back on it now, possibly with Rose since the glasses, he's no longer with us, but I think he... No, I don't... I think he I don't think so. I, think... I, I don't think he's one of those actors. Um, I think he really is one of those actors where if you've got the chance to get Alan Rickman in your film, fucking get him in yeah. your film. Absolutely, because he is that good and he's going to elevate anything you put him in to just... Better than it could ever be. Okay. Frankly. So, what about what about the main man? What about John? John. 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 Um, do, 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 
I mean, this, this again was Bruce Willis's first, <laughs> first kind of breakout role. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't see that. Why? Because he's called John. You can't see me! Yes, I can. You sat in front of me. Damn it! You saw through my devious plan. Anyway, carry on. I'll show the part of John Cena. This was the... Again, Let's go was... Cena! Cena sucks! Sorry. That's not does suck. And... Some of the rumours say, anyway. <laughs> it's a very bit of a dirty show, hasn't it? It really has. It's I don't know where about, my mind is. It's meant is. to be about Christmas, for Christ's sake. All we've done is made a new endo. Come on, you've Christmas. In your you've, endo. Christmas, you've got stuff and stuff and sausage and balls. Yeah, and pigs in buckets. Yeah. Ooh, I want pigs in buckets now. And jingle bells. Anyway, it's it's a season that's rife. John, for, yeah, uh, it is really, isn't it? Uh, John McClane. Tell me about John McClane. Why is he there? I think is the main question. He's there because his ex-wife works for Nakatomi Corp. No. Um, no, the, the corporation isn't called Nakatomi, that's the building. I'm pretty sure it's Nakatomi. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Ma- it doesn't matter. No. Basically, his ex-wife, uh, Holly Gennaro, mm. and she's now known, works there. Yep. Played by Bobby Bedelia. Okay. We've got another kind of illustrative name there. After, after Miracle on 34th Street, you had your Barry, whatever his name was. Oh, um, I can't remember. That was an hour ago. Neither can I. Um, <laughs> he's there visiting his ex-wife. He's hoping to make up with her. Because they've got kids. Because they've got kids. and Ultimately, police think of the children. Indeed. Um, so he's trying to make things better and get back with his ex-wife. So he turns up uh, randomly, I think. I don't know if he's being invited to this party or if he's gay Um, I get the feeling he was invited by her. I'm sure he was invited because I'm sure at the start of the film um, she says put the spare bed out and she says I already have done. So clearly he was meant to have been there to begin with. Yeah. What are you looking up there? I'm looking up um, some of the lines from this. Okay. Again, it's not a film that's really got massive amounts to say about it. Um, I disagree. I think it's incredibly quotable, and I think there's an awful lot of good to say about it. Okay, so let's let's cover the idea that this man is basically a one-man killing spree. Yeah. So, okay... So, I mean, as you say... Basically, this, he, this film is home alone in an office building. Fuck off. So, basically, he is a, a good man who falls himself into a bad situation. He is there as part of the Christmas party, but he's not seen by the gentlemen in very sharp suits when they take over. And as he puts it himself, he's the fly in the ointment. He's not meant to be there. Um, Hans <laughs> Gruber tries to tries to deal with John... Uh, with John and basically says, look, you know, you can get out of this if you want to. I've got no beef with you. Yeah. You're... Give me my death status back and we can talk. And John, being a police officer, who, by the way, has got no jurisdiction in where he is. Um, yeah. He says, no, I can't stand for that. He, ba- You know, he says, no, this is wrong. You're not going to kill all these hostages. We're going to get out of this alive. All the meanwhile... 
they are trying to break into the safe, as you say, and they've brought a, a hacker who is just wonderful. This is a very He's 19... such a wonderful actor. A very nineteen eighties hacker. Um, yeah, but for the time, for the time, yeah, this is eighty eight pre internet days, pre pretty much pre everything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I I don't know how hacking was done in those days. Um, well, I don't think it was so much hacking actually. Now that I think about it. I think what code breaking. Yeah, and more that they managed to break into the safe, um, because one of the things he needs to do is to go in by force. The other part of it, I believe, they need to shut down the power. Um, the 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 power has to be broken manually. Yeah. Um, and the other, and if he doesn't give them the codes, well, they can get around that basically. Yeah. Um. Um. And that and that's basically how they go about doing it. You see, the thing is, right, I've always had this problem with barrel bombs because we saw it in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. We saw it in another film where they steal them, right? Yeah. So all of these barrel bombs presumably have some kind of a serial number associated with them. The minute they find out these bombs are stolen... Surely they would call up Mr. Banker and say, by the way, these bonds have been stolen. Do not honour them. You would think so. And the same way you can with banknotes. Indeed. So really, uh, what are they going to gain? I mean, the thing is, though, the bear bonds are still going to have value even if you can't, even if you report them. Because it's payable to the bearer. That's that's the point of it. Mm. It's payable to whoever owns the bit, whoever possesses the bear bonds, as opposed to whoever has legal ownership. Yeah, I suppose. I still think they would they would be useless though. I mean, they wouldn't be worth the paper they printed on, doubtless. Um, but they would they would have a value, um, to you know to someone. Yeah. In much the same way, if you if you if you rob gold, if you steal gold. Gold is gonna have a value, you know. Yeah. And um, well, it's saying that if you steal anything, mm. if it's worth stealing, it's gonna have a value to someone. So, to be able to, John realizes he's on his own, and he's not gonna be able to do this all on his own. So, over the radio, he makes a call to the to the police, and basically says, "Send them down here. There's a group of terrorists. They've taken over Nakajima the Plaza, and they don't believe him." But they send out a call to Al, and they Al. say to him, "Look, we don't believe there's actually a problem here, but can you go along to this place and check it out for us?" I shall, kid. He did shoot a kid, apparently. Um, and he shows up at the place because the police show up, and John's like, "Yay, the police are here!" And Al shows up and says, "There's nothing going on here. I don't see any problems." Um, until I believe John throws like a desk or something on his chair oh that's right it was a corpse he throws the corpse of one of the dead Germans um, on his car in fairness if you're going to grab someone's attention that's probably the way to do it that is the way to do it and it has the immortal line welcome to the party pal yeah Um, and it is a a great line Um, so Al says okay so we need to do something about this so he calls him back up and the FBI show up and they screw it up royally as they always do yeah, um, they start trying to negotiate with the terrorists. The Joneses, 
Is it Jones or Smith? I think they're both called. Haven't they both got the same surname? Yeah, and it's Alex Smith or Jones. Um, let's uh, see. Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. That's it. Yes. Yeah. And play by two guys who always play FBI FBI agents. Anytime you see them in a movie, they're a bad guy or an FBI agent. Yeah. Um, and Johnson and Johnson. Why Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> they're, they're in trouble lately. I'm assuming it was a play on it at the time. It must have been. Um, you wouldn't do it otherwise, I no. don't think. I'd hope not. Um, so, yeah, Al gets involved. The FBI get involved. And they basically start going into a um, into negotiations. But the problem is that the terrorists don't want to negotiate. They've got no interest in negotiating. They've got no reason to negotiate. No. They've got the power and they know it. Yeah, because, let's face it, they're, they're the ones holding all the cards. Yes, they are. So you need to negotiate with us, dude. We, don't, we haven't got a fucking thing that we need to negotiate for because we're, we're in charge. Mm. And they are incredibly well prepared. They've got a lot of weapons. They've got a lot of ammunition. They've got a lot of. Um, they've, got, they've, they've got cars. You know, they they know what they're doing. Yeah. They can. They know that they can get out of this quite well. They are the. Me- they- if you've got a man with a plan, they're men with the plan. <laughs> I'm going to set you on fire now. Um, Probably deservedly so. Yeah. Um, and so basically, yeah, it it all starts with John just taking down the terrorists one by one. Kicking ass and taking names. Indeed. Um, and very well, as you know, very well done, to his credit. Yeah, especially considering there's one, one of the most uncomfortable scenes, by the way, is the... Is the Shoot sh- the glass! Yes. Um, I love that line. My, my God. You see him taking the glass out, I just... It makes me cringe. <laughs> Every time I see that scene, I just go, no! That was hurt. But, how do, how do you keep on walking after that? Well, yeah, I suppose I suppose it's a case if you just get on with it as best you he's, can at that he's point. He's hardcore, man. Yeah, but he's got the vest. I mean, the vest is what keeps him going. We all know this. In fairness, yeah, the vest. I mean, the vest takes a lot of damage in this, and I think we should give more credit to the vest. For do, for I do wonder though why he didn't put his shoes on when he left the bathroom. Why wouldn't you put your clothes back on? I don't know. Why would you just walk around in your jeans and your vest? Especially considering most of that most of that building is just a building site. Yeah, it's it's quite open air, so surely there's gonna you're gonna be feeling the wind, mm. and it's, it's gonna be quite cold. So you know, put shoes on. Yes, at the very least, or a jumper. Yeah, grab a jumper from someone. Someone's left the coat lying around. It's yeah, an office bound, party. There's bound to be some clothing around. It's an office party, of course. There's clothing. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've covered the basic plot of the film. Yeah. Really. Um. Right. So obviously the standard actors, as we've already said, are Alan Rickman and John and um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis at the time, by the way, was paid five million dollars for this okay. movie, which was a record. 
not a lot of money these days, but back then it was probably a lot of money. Yeah, it was a lot of money. Um, it's it was actually the most any Hollywood studio paid an actor. Had he done much before this? He hadn't. He'd done Moonlighting. Because I wonder why he was paid so much. He'd done Moon before this. He was in Moonlighting, the TV series, mm-hmm. which was also made into a movie. Let's just go back. Um, he was in Miami Vice. Um, Blind Date with Kim Basinger. Basinger. And that was it. So this was really his, his real breakout role. Why do you think it was though? I mean, given that he was basically in sod all before this, they must have seen something in him that said, "This he's is the the, he's the leading man." Um, I mean, and he was, was good in it. Approved, don't get me wrong. It was approved by Rupert Murdoch. Uh, he was obviously he was the Fox president. Yeah. Um, so there must have been something about I think it was just the fact that he wasn't your typical 80s action star I was about to ask he wasn't he wasn't Stallone he wasn't how Schwarzenegger do you, how do you think the likes of Stallone Schwarzenegger um, JCVD especially JCVD how do you think they would have handled this I, I don't think they'd have even gotten the fucking front doors if JCVD was in this <laughs> He's messing with the airport and taking him down. What about what about Stallone? And I don't like Stallone. I'm not a fan of Stallone. <laughs> I've never seen uh, that boxing one, and I don't intend to watch that boxing one. Which either. boxing one? The Rocky one. You realise there were six movies. Yeah, yeah. You've never seen Rocky. No. Why? I've just never been interested. It's never really occurred to me to watch them. Okay, they are they are good films, by the way. I'm willing to accept they are if I don't have to watch them. <gasps> That's gonna be my next pick. <laughs> God damn it! Right, okay, Ooh. right. I've got to come up with some really good French shit for you next time, then, son. You realize I'm joking, by the way. Oh, good. You come up with any French shit? <laughs> I, um, I will make you watch all of the Rockies. Um, okay, so. Yeah, it's a very basic plot. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. No, it's it's Home Alone. You say that, but... Predator is Home Alone in the Jungle. Um, No, sure. Yeah, yeah. Predator is Home Alone in the Jungle. Um, Yeah, all the micro machines. Um, What was he going to say? What was he going to say? I think... I think this was... I think this was one of the first action films I ever saw. Yeah. Uh, as a kid. And it really blew me away as a film. I And again, it's another film that me and my sister absolutely love. And it's a quotable film. It is. It's got very quotable dialogue. Um, and it is a classic for all the right reasons. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it went on to spawn... Many, many sequels. Four so far? Not five. Four sequels. Oh, right, sorry. Yes. No. Yes. Die, Die Hard. Die, Die Hard 2. Yeah. Die Harder. Die Harder of Vengeance. Die Hard 4. Die Hard 4. And Die Hard 5. Die Hard. I'm sure there's been more. Um, let's have a look see. 
Because I'm convinced there are more than that. I, I know there's one in production at the moment. Die Hard Year Zero, I think it's called. Um, so you had Die Hard, obviously. Die Hard 2, Die Hard Revengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, oh, A Good Day to Die Hard. Oh, was that the one with his kit? Which one? McLean. No, the one that's in production now. Or, oh, right, okay. But he's only rumoured as being in it. Right. So, I don't know what's going I mean, I, I've not seen Live Free or Die Hard. I've not seen A Good Day to Die Hard. To be honest a Good with Day me, to Die Hard is the one in Russia with his son. The son is the guy, Australian guy, who's in Suicide Squad. What's his name? Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh's not... Australian. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? He's terrible in everything. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Um, oh, where is he? Fuck, 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 fuck. No, no, no. Com- not common. Not Jake Hernandez. Joe. No, not Joe Cameron. He's good. Um, where the fuck is he? Don't worry about it. We'll put it in post. Um, of all the sequels, though, which was your favourite? Die Hard Three, Die Hard Vengeance. Yeah. Just Samuel Jackson in that is brilliant. Yes. He is. Um, He's such a good foil for John McClane. I think Jeremy Irons. If you got if you got a cast, yeah. If you were going to get someone to be his brother, it had to be. It had spoilers. Um, it had to be Jeremy Irons. Yeah, and um, again, scenery chewing, but not exactly a bad thing. Um, and it, it had one of my favourite lines of most films, where um, the rather attractive Jay Courtney. Who? Him. What about him? He plays John McClane's son. Oh, okay, fair enough. Never heard of him. Um, and Die Hard of Vengeance really does have one of my favourite lines, where the rather attractive young lady um, stabs the guy to death and is about to kill him, about to stab him one more time, and the um, uh, Jeremy Irons character turns around and says, I think he's dead, my dear. And it's such a good line, and it's such a good delivery. I've got the, uh, the special edition box set. Which uh, every film of the original of the first three has two discs. Right. And it's got an alternative ending. Oh really? Oh yes, I know the alternative ending, and it's rubbish. It is rubbish. But at the same time, I also watched it just out of curiosity to see. I think I watched it on YouTube a while ago. Yeah. Um. Um. And all the films have got alternative endings. I think. Did I um, have an alternative ending? I think it did. Really? I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've watched them. I know I've seen the alternative ending with Boiler Room. That was really good. I, I kind of like the alternative ending to Boiler Room, actually. You know what my alternative to this was, by the way? What's that? Lethal Weapon. <coughs> it's a Christmas movie. Okay. Okay, big boy. It starts off with Jingle Bell Rock. Okay, big boy. How this is this a Christmas film? Tell me how this is a Christmas film. It's set at Christmas. It's got Christmas in it. It's, it's Christmas Eve. It's our Christmas party. How is it not Christmas? You see, I think this whole thing of it being the best Christmas movie ever made, 
has just become a meme and everyone's just accepted it and refuses to hear otherwise. It's, it's a, I'm not saying it's the best Christmas movie ever made. No, but it's become... Obviously, you're screwed. It's, it's become that answer of what is, the, what is the greatest Christmas film ever made. Die Hard. It's become a meme. It's, it's not the greatest Christmas... It's not even the greatest Die Hard ever made. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Die Hard with Revengeance a lot, but I think this is better than Die Hard with Revengeance. Certainly better than Die Hard 2. Well, obviously, that doesn't take an awful lot. That's like saying that Pooh is better than Die Hard 2. Um, I mean, cause at least you can do something with that. Um, <laughs> what can you do with Pooh? Have you seen Bronson? What? Have you seen Bronson? Yes. Well, there you go. That's not... That's, that's an imaginative... It's makeup. It's imaginative. It's not, it's not something you... It's not, <laughs> it's not better... I didn't say it was better. You said you... Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Should we put this to bed? Because I think yeah. we are running out Would of Would you recommend this to, to oh, people God, to watch Oh, God, yes. It. Absolutely. I think this is one of those films where if it's not on your list of films to see before you die, you're doing something wrong, frankly. Of the four films, if you have to pick one, that would be your absolute... Top dog pick mm-hmm. for if somebody's never seen a Christmas movie in their life, yeah, you were unaware of the of even the possibility, the existence of Christmas. Which film would you show them? Muppets Christmas Carol, all the way. Agreed. I just think it, I just think it is the best one. It's it to me, it's perfect. There is nothing to fault. There is a lot to fault about Gremlins. There is quite a Agreed. bit to fault about Freddy. About 34th Street. Um, I don't have that much to fault about Die Hard, but I think Muppets vs. Carol is faultless. I really think it is. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. One one after they could have gone with instead of Michael King. Just Ben Kingsley. Um, I would say Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. I, but, think he, I think he'd be good. But that's because he can cast him in anything he'd be... No, but I think he would be good in it. Um, uh, who else could it be? Who else could it be? Richard Attenborough. No, Richard Attenborough is far too nice for this. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't throw that rosette <laughs> thing at the little rabbit thing. What True. is it? True. Ah. Um, I, the holy thing. The wreath. The reef, that's it, thank you. Richard Attenborough would never throw a reef at him. He'd say, come in, come in. And you mean Rizzo, the rat? Rizzo, the, no, it wasn't Rizzo, the rat, that he threw the thing at. Um, it was the. It was like a small rabbit or something um, that sang carols at his door. Um, who else? No, Richard Attenborough was far too nice for that. Um, who else? Who else? There's got to be someone. You know, I'm struggling. Ben Kingsley. He's a, he's a lock for, for everything. I'm trying to remember what Ben Kingsley's been in. I know the name, but I don't know why. Uh, Sexy Beast. I think I've se- I'm sure I've seen that, but from a very long time ago. Let's see. Um, ben Kingsley. <laughs> How do you think Bruce Willis would have played um, Scrooge? Terribly. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. He's also appearing with Michael Caine, by the way, in Without a Clue. Right. Michael Caine played Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And he was Watson. Um, okay. Except he wasn't Sherlock Holmes because he was an actor. 
that had been hired by Watson to, to play the part of Sherlock Holmes because he was writing the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Which child actor would you choose to replace that annoying little shit in Mirafell 34th Street? Oh, it would have to be the girl... Um, I don't have an answer, just for the record. It would have to be the girl from The Wonder Years. Because I think she's just awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I would have to think about this a bit. Because I don't know that many child actors. Because I don't tend to watch films with children in general. Um, you know the, you know the girl I mean, though, don't you? From The Wonder Years. I don't think I've ever seen The Wonder Years, you know. Oh, let's... I mean, she was older, so it probably counts her out. Because she, she would have been a teenager by that point. One of the years with Fred Savage. Fred Savage? Yes. Um, Danica McKellar. I could see that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Or the girl from Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. I'm just making sure that's not here, actually. Cause the, no, it's not. It's no, because she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's it. Yeah. Um, I think. She, yeah, I'm yeah. struggling to think of other childhood actors that I would really recommend. Um, it's not to say that she was bad. It's just that... She was too sweet. Yeah, she was far too sweet. And no child is that nice. No child is that No child who grows up in New York is that nice. Yeah. Um... You know. Are we done? Yeah, let's call it time. Listen, Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, 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 jingle balls, and have a happy new year. Jingle, jingle, motherfuckers. Oh, we could have also gone with trading places. Next year. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I do feel if we do, if we did trading places, though, in a roundabout way, we'd have to do coming to America. As the spiritual sequel. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Because it has, it has also got the... the and that's based at Christmas as well. Is it? Yes. Are you sure? Yep. Coming to America is based at Christmas. So therefore it could be a Christmas film. But it's not. Mm. Straight Places Place is most definitely is a Christmas film. Oh yeah, it is. It's also, a New, Year, it's also a New Year's film. Yeah. Because it kind of... Stra- it, yeah, but some of the New Year's... Straddles. There's a lot of shit films based around holidays, isn't there? Let's be honest. Yeah. Most Espe- of especially if they're channel. based on holidays. Yeah. Like Valentine's Day, they've made a film called Yeah, Valentine's they did. Day. Valentine's Day was horrible, which basically um, was... The a only re- exception to that is April Fool's Day. Um, I would say... Uh, what was the one with uh, Stuttering Man who plays Tony Blair? Love Actually. Oh... I like Love Actually. I thought it was well, a good not, film. It's not based on a holiday, though. It, it is based it's, on Christmas. It's, based, it's a Christmas film, but it's not based on the idea of just Christmas. That's it's based true. on love. Yeah. Um, so it's not a Christmas. Whereas Valentine's Day is, and yeah. New Year's Day is. But um, April Fool's Day, I think, is a great film, because it's horror, it's comedy, it's got Biff time from Back to the Future. <laughs> Speaking of films, have you seen the new Halloween yet? Just out of no. interest. Are you intending on seeing? Because I don't think we've discussed this. At some point, I will probably dip my toe into that particular pond. Um, but I would want to. I wouldn't go out of your way to see it. I've got to say, I'm not going to go out of my way. Um, I'm probably going to want to actually 
Watch the original and then watch four and five again. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch, watch the entire series. I think, mm. and that includes the really bad ones. Yeah, which and, yeah. and the one and the one with uh, Bush the Rhymes. <laughs> oh, was that H two O? Yeah. Okay, so we still need to do that Halloween episode that I said that we came up with actually, of Halloween versus Friday the Thirteenth versus Nightmare on Elm Street. We do. That is coming. That is going to be in the works. And I tell you what, I think that'll be a long that, one. That's a three-way for the ages. I think that's going to be a long one. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot to say about that. Right. Okay. Let's call time. Listen. Sunday afternoon cinema. It's not been Sunday. It's not been the afternoon. And we're not on the cinema. No, we're not. We're sitting around my flat. Um, thanks for listening. Look, I know that I, I know that no one listens, but you know I'm going to say it anyway. Um, People do listen. I've got a friend who listens. He, he, oh, good. he really enjoys the show. That's nice to hear. Oh, Phil, uh, this one's for you. Um, I know the release schedule has been a bit messed up. That's because I'm lazy, and frankly, I've not had the energy. We will be back in. We will be back in January. There's already a film in the works. You'll probably hear this sometime around uh, summer. Well, no, <laughs> well I'm, no, I'm planning to release this on Christmas Eve. Ooh. This is going to go on Christmas Eve. Um, I'm not going to edit it because honestly, I don't think there's any point. Um, well, on Christmas Eve is on Monday. Yeah, what's that a bad thing? It's a Sunday afternoon cinema. Yeah, but we're recording on a Friday. Yeah. Fine, I'll release it on Sunday to stick to the schedule. Um, <laughs> we will get back on track. Um, we will get to the point of... Finishing the Kevin Smith. Yes, we will. Um, I still want to do more specials. Like, I still want to do the Back to the Future trilogy. I still want to do the Blood and Cornetto trilogy yes. at some point. You also need to finish our Wolverine episode at some point. Oh, Jesus. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> that was probably in a hard drive from years ago. Um, I'll need to try and dig that out. Um, we need to do the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. And yes, we are going to watch the third one. Yes. I mean, the third one, I'm, I'm happy to watch the third one because I actually quite enjoy it. No, as much Good as night, everyone. Good night. You have been listening to Sunday Afternoon Cinema, which is a recorded podcast. The podcast was hosted by myself and Mike Larkin. The podcast was recorded, produced, and edited by myself, Christopher Windsor. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider subscribing on iTunes or following on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.